All right, everyone. Good prayer. Good prayer. I mean, I, I, I didn't hear all your prayers, but I'm assuming that they're uh, good prayers if they're directed unto the Lord. Um, welcome back to our Thursday night ministry series here with Christian students on campus. If you don't know me, my name is Chris. Um, I went to school here myself. I'm going to date myself a little bit here from 05, 2005, which was like forever ago, and graduated in 2009. Um, and I've been serving here. Um, it's truly the joy of my life uh, to get to serve with you. It's such, uh, there's such a deep joy that comes along with serving alongside uh, you, enjoying the Lord, getting into the Word of God. We've been covering a number of bedrock, foundational, experiential things for the Christian life um, that I think are especially helpful for us as college students. And tonight, we're going to be covering something that I was a little fearful, honestly, to cover with you. I was a little, I mean, not, not fearful like I'm scared, but uh, just, you know, I don't know how you're going to react uh, because I know there's a certain something that I call a disease that might render you no spiritual benefit tonight if you have this. And it's called the I know disease. Have you ever heard of that? You heard of the I know disease? It sounds like this. Oh, yeah, 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 I know that. Yeah, I can check, I can check out now. Let me, uh, I, heard, I heard that one before. Okay, good, good. Let me check my Snapchat real quick. Just. We're going to be talking about companions in the Lord tonight. Who in here has heard a message on having companions in the Lord before? Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Wow, most of us, okay? Wow, we better pray, right? We better pray that we don't have the I know disease tonight. The I know disease, it, it, we just excuse ourselves and uh, we disallow ourselves from receiving spiritual benefit when we say, oh yeah, 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 I, I know that, I know that, I know that. Yeah, yeah, oh no, yeah, no, no, I, no, I, I know that already. You can stop saying it, I know. Okay, so we want to be saved from that. So let's do this just for 15 seconds, 20 seconds maybe. Let's just go ahead and pray with our neighbor again that we would be saved from the I know disease. Open ears, open eyes, open hearts. Go ahead. Ready, go. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. All right. All right, let's bring it back here. Ears to hear, eyes to see. Amen. Okay, amen. All right, so uh, you should have an outline on the back of your song sheet, and I want you to notice there's a whole lot of space on there. You see that? Wow, why is there so much space there, Chris? Okay, I'm glad you asked. The reason there's so much space there is because I want you to write things down. So look for a pen. We're here in college, we're in school. Uh, probably a good idea to own a pen. Let's find one, and you might just take some notes tonight. There might be something that springs forth from the Word of God that is worth writing down, okay? So find a pen. We're going to take some notes. Um, I want you to know this. Companions is a very biblical word. It's not just something that we pulled out of thin air. It didn't just manifest itself within our own kind of Christian ministry culture thing, okay? Companionship, companions is a very biblical word. I just did a quick search today. It came up 38 times 
throughout the whole Bible, okay? So we're going to be talking about a very biblical concept that God wants to speak to us regarding, okay? And I want you to know uh, from the outset what I hope you receive from this message, okay? So if you want to write this down, write it down, okay? Even if you don't want to write it down, probably go ahead and write it down, okay? And that is this, companions are a gracious gift to us from God. Companions, true companions, are a gracious gift to us from God. Colon, that means the sentence isn't done. Colon, companions are a gracious gift to us from God. They serve as a practical entrance into God's presence, sanctification, spiritual recovery, and the Lord's move. I know that's a lot. (laughs) Companions are a gracious gift to us from God. They serve as a practical entrance into God's presence. A practical entrance into sanctification. A practical entrance into spiritual recovery and a practical entrance into the Lord's move. God's presence, sanctification, spiritual recovery, and the Lord's move. Those are the four points we're going to be covering tonight. And in a very real sense, brothers and sisters, this message is so practical, okay? Companionships give us a practical entrance into these four things, these four points that we're about to cover, okay? Everybody know where we're going. Companions are a gracious gift to us from God, and they render us tremendous practical spiritual help, okay? All right, so let's all read um, point one together. These are going to be four things that companions do together, okay? Let's read point one together. Ready, go. Gathered often to enjoy His presence. And let's read Matthew 18, 20 together. Ready, go. This verse tells us, brothers and sisters, that companions are a practical entrance into God's presence. Where there are two or three gathered into my name, there am I in their midst. Have you ever wondered this? Well, I wish I could get into God's presence. How do you do that? You ever wondered that? God's presence, that sounds... That sounds really good. I want that. How, how, how do I practically make that happen? I want, I want to experience that. How can I experience that regularly? How? Have you ever thought that? How can I make that happen on a regular basis for me? Matthew 18, 20. For where there are two or three gathered into my name, there am I in their midst. Now, I want you to notice something. This verse does not say where two or three gather, there am I in their midst. It does not say that. Go ahead and underline are two or three gathered. Are gathered. You know what that means? Are gathered is passive. That means the ones who are being gathered together, they didn't take the initiative. You know who took the initiative? God. 
God took the initiative, and you know what he said? I'm going to get these guys together here because I want to dwell in their midst. He, took, he takes the initiative to gather us together, are gathered. And I want to use this point to draw a distinction between what we may think of normally in our culture as friends. The difference between friends and spiritual companions, okay? Friends, everybody needs friends, okay? And friends often gather, right? If you don't gather, at least sometimes with your friends, probably they're not that great of friends, okay? Two or three gather. That happens a lot, all the time. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're spiritual companions. Does that make sense? There's two or three people gathering all over the world, and God doesn't dwell in everyone's midst. Where two or three are gathered, what? Into my name. Into my name. Name denotes person. Are gathered where? Into my person. There am I in their midst. Name denotes person. So what does that mean? It is possible, it's possible that you can gather, even with, even with Christians, you can gather and maybe your gathering is not in the Lord's name. That's possible. It, it, it happens. It, we can even prove it biblically. I mean, for sure we can prove it from our own experience, but we can even prove it biblically, like 1 Corinthians eleven seventeen. Don't go there, but I'll summarize it to you in a phrase. You come together for the worse. Your coming together is not for the better, but for the worse. Oof. Oof. Maybe not, maybe not much companionizing there, right? Your coming together is not for the better, for the worse. Now, why, why was that? The reason they're coming together was for the worse was because there were, the Bible says, parties or divisions. And the word I'm going to use here is cliques. There were cliques among them. Clicks do not equal companionships. Write that down. Clicks do not equal companionships. Clicks are exclusive. Partake of something that nobody else is allowed to partake of. They're alike a lot of times in personality. Brothers and sisters, what we want are spiritual companions with whom God gathers us together and we enter into His midst. When we gather with true spiritual companions, God's presence is there. Okay? So, if you're, if you're wondering, well, I don't know about that. Because I gather a whole lot with the brothers and sisters and I don't feel like I have God's presence that much. Maybe some of you are wondering that. Are some of you wondering that? Maybe so. Maybe so. If you're wondering that, just believe the Bible. The Bible says where two or three are gathered into my name, there am I in their midst. You just keep being gathered, okay? You just keep being gathered consistently for the whole of your life. And you know what? You're going to enjoy God's presence. You're going to enjoy God's presence. Okay, let's move on to point two here. Let's read, let's read the title for point two together. Ready, go. All right, in 2 Timothy 2.22, ready, go. Okay, two things here, two things here. Flee and pursue. Flee what? Youthful lusts. Flee youthful lusts. Okay, now a question for you. You don't, have, don't answer out loud, but just consider. Just consider. 
How would you rate your fleeing from youthful lusts? On a one to 10 point scale, how would you rate you think you're doing? Just think about it. Zero, not one. One means you're doing something. Zero would mean you're not fleeing at all. Zero sounds like this. It sounds like, hey, it's my life. My life, my body, my decisions. I do what I want. That's not fleeing from youthful lust. That's embracing and owning and declaring right your youthful lusts. Okay, that's a zero. I don't think any of us are a zero. Praise God. Let's all say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lord. Okay, but just consider how would you rate your flying from youthful lust? The Greek here is actually fleeing as if from a wild animal fleeing. Like a big old bear, like Bevo coming at you, huh? Bevo going to come at you with them big horns. Flee youthful lusts. Flee. How would you rate yourself? Maybe I'm, oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm a three, four, five. Okay, now think about this. How's your pursuit? And don't, don't just read over these words and say, oh, yeah, pursue Christ. For sure we want to pursue Christ. But, but really consider each word. How's your pursuit of righteousness? How's your pursuit of righteousness? What's that mean, Chris? Being right with God and man in every circumstance. How's your pursuit of righteousness doing? Where would you rate yourself? One to ten. How's your pursuit of faith your pursuit of the substantiation of things not seen. The substantiation of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. How is your pursuit of significant, eternal, unseen matters? How is your pursuit of faith? Where would you rate yourself? Think about it. How is your pursuit of love? You know, one of the number one requirements, this is the first thing that comes up when you talk about serving God, is a love, having a love for man, having a love for all mankind. God so loved the world. So it makes sense that his people would also love mankind. How's your love? How's your pursuit of love for your roommates? Maybe the one you don't like that much. How's your pursuit of love with your family members? Your older sibling is always on your case. How's your pursuit of peace? Being peacemakers with all men as much as it depends on you. Just think about it. How is your fleeing from sin, from youthful lust, and how's your pursuit of very specific things? I think if I were to be honest with you, I would say "Mm, probably not that good for me. Probably not that good. Not as good as I would like and for sure not as good as God would like. You know what the key to greatly enhancing both our fleeing and our pursuing? You know what the key is? With those. With those. 2 Timothy 2.22, the key is with those. With those who what? 
with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Now, I want you to know that this call on the Lord, that doesn't just mean, oh, you know, somebody who calls on the Lord. And, you know, I know, yeah, call on the Lord, praise the Lord. But it also means somebody whose entire life is characterized by desperate contact with God. Someone who entire life is characterized by desperately wanting to contact God. The key to fleeing and pursuing is being with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. My, uh, going into my third year in college, I, I was moving off campus out of Jester dorm. I lived on uh, the third floor with T-Walk. There, I mean, we weren't in the same room, but we were both on the third floor in Jester uh, East. We called it the Dirty Third at the time. <laughs> Jester East has been remodeled since then. Um, I was moving off campus, and I had a group of 10 friends that lived in the same house. And everybody's a believer. Everybody's a believer, okay? So, you know, there's not like huge frat parties going on in there or whatever. Ten friends. We're all going to, I mean, I'm going to move in with them. It's a great place. I'm looking forward to it. And one of my companions, he's a little older than me, about six years older than me, he's really investing in me. He didn't, didn't meet with us, didn't meet with Christian students. He told me, he told me Chris, if you're going to move in with somebody... They need to be solid. I said, solid. You mean like solid in the faith? He's like, bro, if you're going to move in with somebody, they need to be solid. So I took that word and I thought about that. I was kind of like, you're kind of insinuating my friends aren't that solid, really. I mean, not just insinuating. You're telling me that they're not that solid. But you know what? As a result of my companion's care for me, you know what happened? I moved in with Meryl Ng. (laughs) Solid. Solid. Everybody look around for Meryl tonight. Meryl, where are you, my brother? Meryl, are you here? Meryl's in Germany. You know why? Meryl's got beautiful feet right now because he's bringing the glad tidings to the state and country of Germany. How about that? Solid, solid. Brothers and sisters, that living arrangement changed my life. It changed my life. Solid. A companion shepherded me and helped me get with another companion. Solid. Let's go to point three. Let's read point three together. Ready, go. Let's read Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10. Ready, go. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his companions. But woe to the one who falls, and does not have another's Circle, if they fall. If they fall. Big if there, because, I mean... Let's be honest, we all experience that like all the time, right? If they fall. And underline, the one will lift up his companion. Underline that. And then draw a big circle around woe. Everybody say woe. Woe to the one who falls and does not have another to lift him up. The point before was that companions give us a practical entrance into sanctification. This point here is that companions are a practical entrance into spiritual recovery. 
companions, our practical entrance into spiritual recovery. How many of us have ever fallen? Raise your hand. Okay, nearly everybody. Okay, no, all of us have, all of us have. We've fallen. We've uh, backslidden. There's just, there are times where we just, you know, we fall off, fall down. Spiritual life becomes a zero. We got no pulse to check the pulse. I've been there many times. The brothers come check my pulse and I got a zero. Chris, my brother, what happened? It's like, I don't know, man. I just, you know, here I am. I'm zero. Okay. I think we've all experienced that. My tendency, and probably yours too, but I'll tell you what my tendency is. My tendency is when I fall, I want to seclude myself. And you know what? I just, ah, I blew it. I just need some time away. I just need some time away from the brothers and from God. And, you know, I mean, I know God's disappointed in me. And so I'm, I'm just going to take some time out and I'll just spend some time away. And then after a while, you know, it'll be all right. I'll be all right. I just need some time away. Anybody ever been there? Who do you, who do you think? Who, what kind of thought is that? Who do you think that comes from? Satan. Oh, oh, if you'll just uh, feel real bad for a while and just take time away from God and his people and his eternal purpose, then God will probably maybe be happy with you at some point, sometime again. Who do you think that comes from? Oh, just take some time away because you really fell. Yeah, get away from the brothers, get away from God, put away your Bible. It's crazy. But we all think it. I do. I do. There was one time when I was in college. This was my second year. I had a huge failure, huge failure. This meeting used to be on Saturday night, okay? I had a huge failure on Saturday morning. Big whoops, okay? And man, I'm down in the dumps. I'm down in the dumps. Basically, my whole day is shot in in my mind. I'm like, I blew it this big at like 9 (laughs) a.m. Better go hide. Better get away. Get away from God. Get away from the brothers. I better just go, you know, I don't know. Just go be sad all day long. One of my companions... He came and he, he uh, you know, he hit me up on text message and he kind of figured out what's going on. And then he said, well, well am I going to see you at the meeting tonight? And I said, no, no, man, I, I just need some time away. You know, just a little space. I had a big failure today. And he said, time away from, you're not going to go to the meeting? Hold on, bro. Hold on. Let me come visit you. We're going to read something about the precious blood of Christ. We read this little booklet that's maybe 20 pages. I don't know. And that experience changed my life. It changed my life. Here it is right here, huh? (laughs) Same copy. Austin had it for years. No, no. no. It's a great booklet, right? We read that little booklet on the precious blood of Christ and brothers and sisters. I I got saved. I got saved. I got saved from my whack thoughts about how God deals with our sin. You know what? I got recovered. Companions are practical entrance for us into spiritual recovery. Okay, let's hit this last point. We're going to hit it quick, and then we'll transition here. Uh, Let's read point four together. Ready, go. Embolden one another to speak. Acts 4.13. Let's read it. Ready, go. And taking the boldness of Peter and John, and 
Companions are a practical entrance for us into the Lord's move, into the gospel, into God's eternal purpose. Okay? Underline the boldness of Peter and John. And then I want you to underline they had been with Jesus. Okay? Just a little bit on Peter and John here. Um, if, you, if you really look at the scriptures, you can tell Peter and John are very different people. Very different people. Peter's very outspoken. A lot of people think he was very extroverted, okay? And they think the exact opposite of John, okay? Very introverted. Okay, I mean, there's not like an epistle that tells us that, but John's introverted, Peter's extroverted. But you know what I'm saying. You, you look, you read, you kind of consider. Very different kind of people. Peter's always taking the lead. John's following up, mending things together when things fall apart, okay? A little rivalry, you can tell when they're running to the tomb, it's recorded one gets there before the other one, okay? And then it's recorded that the other one, once he got there, he went inside further in. A little, you know, a little rivalry, maybe, I don't know. John also asked, hey, Jesus, can I sit at your right hand when you get into the kingdom? And all the other disciples were mad at him for asking that because they wanted to sit at his right hand, you know what I mean? James and John got the, anyway. Okay, so in and of themselves, not necessarily just, it ain't peanut butter and jelly. You know what I'm saying? It ain't peanut butter and jelly. They don't just, oh, we just fit and, you know, we just go so well together. We got the same likes and we wear the same clothes and we like the same music and we're just Peter and John. (laughs) It's Peter and John. We're companions, you know. We're from the same place. We like the same things. You know, we share socks. <laughs> I mean, anyway, you get what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying, okay? Not, they're not, they don't just, okay. You get what I'm saying. Okay, so take this away. True companions don't need to be alike or even like each other that much initially. True, true companions don't need to be alike or even like each other initially. And number two, true companions what? Foster holy boldness in the gospel. True companions foster holy boldness in the gospel and outwardly manifest that we experientially know Jesus. Peter and John don't necessarily like, they're not necessarily like, yeah, hey, you know what? Peter, he's a chicken just like us. Hey, don't, don't, don't think that we wouldn't have done the exact same thing that Peter did. He denied the Lord three times. We would have done the exact same thing. He's a chicken just like we are. How many of us are that bold to preach the gospel, especially by ourselves? Probably not that many of us. But we get a companion. Much easier to be crazy for Jesus together, right? You think, hey, they're going to make fun of us. At least they make fun of us together, right? <laughs> and then we just start working. You know what I mean? T-Walk, come here, bro. Come here, bro. Oh, no. And then we just start working on the gospel. There. Just feeding. Just, yeah. Ah, ah, ah. They hit you with this verse. Yeah. It's a lot easier together. <laughs> it's easier together. Maybe by myself, I'm a big chicken. I'm a big chicken. But you give me one of the brothers, and all of a sudden, I got some boldness. I got some boldness. 
Companions foster holy boldness in the gospel and outwardly manifest experiential knowledge of God. Okay, so I got four questions for you. You just think about these, consider these for your own companionships. Think about these. Number one, when you come together with your companion or potential companion, when you come together, just consider how often do you sense God's presence? You're with your buddy. Is he my companion? Well, I don't know. Let me think about it. How often when we're together do I sense God's presence? Are we companions yet? Are we companionized? How often do I sense God's presence? Number two, how often does your friendship, companionship, actively encourage you to run away from sin? How often does your companionship actively encourage you to run away from sin and to pursue Christ? How often? Are we companions? Think about it. Number three, is it awkward to pray together? Oh, oh, praying together. Oh, that would, oh, that would just be so awful. If that's what you think about, there's no way I could pray with my best friend. No way ever. Probably y'all aren't companions, okay? If you can't pray together, woof, we got a ways to go, okay? We got a ways to go. Spiritual recovery necessitates prayer. Can you pray together? Just think about it. Last, are you emboldened to speak Christ when you're together? Can you do that comfortably? Hey, man, we're together with the bros. And, hey, man, man let's, let's, just, let's, just share, let's share the gospel. Let's talk, to this, let's talk to this guy about Jesus. Hey, he's in my class. Help me talk to him about God. Can you do that? Are you emboldened to speak the gospel or... Is it something is still like, oh, oh, I don't know. I, just, I don't want to talk about Jesus right now. You know what we need, brothers and sisters? We need companions. Amen. Companions in the Lord. To give us a practical entrance into God's presence, and a sanctification, and a spiritual recovery, and into the Lord's move. Amen. Okay, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to pray. And then we're going to uh, have some time to uh, fellowship over this. Get companion up, okay? How about that? Companion up. And just practice getting the four points. Getting the four points, okay? We'll do that right now. Two, two by two. Two by two. Um, I'm going to pray, and then we'll do that. Lord, thank you for this time. Um, Lord, give us all true, real, spiritual companions. Um, Jesus, we need you to have great mercy on us. Give us these kind of practical, real, genuine relationships, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.